And it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Yep. I'm just happy to remember my line this week. Okay. Doing well. Right. 300 hour episode this week. That's excited. Can't wait. Get your snacks ready. Imagine. Okay. 24 hour marathon. I don't have enough space on my computer. Okay. um, It will literally cut off. That was another thing. I was like, with my luck today, I sure hope this episode saves. (laughs) Don't even put that energy. It's not even freaking funny. (laughs) Oh, I hope I remember to plug in my computer. We'll see how far I can get. It's like a game. Okay. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Hey, y'all. Or whatever. Okay. (laughs) Ooh, Chile. Um... Well, this is a regular happy Monday. This is a regular day. Is today Monday? Oh, for them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I went through my whole Tuesday schedule. We are, we are episode 65. <laughs> Katie, we release on Monday. I mean, apparently we release on Tuesdays after this week, so. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, nobody knew. No one. Ain't nobody checking for this. At all. What you like? Okay. Since I guess there's nothing special going on. Nope. Um, first piece of news this week, the composer, um, for the soundtrack of the movie, not, yeah, soundtrack for the movie, the joke, Joker, it's just Joker, um, has just won the Golden Globe Award for Best Original Score. She's the first woman uh, in that award category to win solo. Meanwhile, Forrest Price has a bunch of original scores. Just for the movie. Oh. It's the Golden Globe. Oh. <laughs> This is why they be like, them black people are always just finding something to complain. <laughs> All right, I'm back. I missed the first part. Go ahead. I'm listening now. Here I go. Now here I go. I'm listening. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I mean, I mean, honestly, if you respond with that, 99% of the time, you're going to be right. So. <laughs> Got that one percent. <laughs> this ain't going well today. <laughs> Florence, bro, y'all should have got Florence Price to write the write the score on the Joker. <laughs> Meanwhile, pe- y'all 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 using using excuses just because she dead don't mean <laughs> she can't write nothing. <laughs> exactly what it is. <laughs> among other things. <laughs> Who knows? She probably got a uh she probably got a whole movie score down there, but we will never know. Right? Now will we? Her, her estate. So. Her estate, man. Right. She probably all kind of stuff. Probably every every innovative thing that happened after her, she probably already did. There's probably we a whole know. bunch of stuff. We she probably was more than a composer. We right. would never know. <laughs> right. She probably all welded things. Mm-hmm. All kind of knitted some sweaters down there. Well, I don't know. Um, Vibranium, all type of stuff down there. Uh, why I said speaking of hard to say uh things is because her name she's Icelandic. And I just can't. She got a bunch of them little the things. Her so her first name looks like it's Hildur. It's H I L D U R. But there is something in her last name. It's a letter I've never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. Let me see. Let me I'm, see. Okay, let me put it because this is my notes. So let me pull it up on the thing. It looks like a backward six with a slash on the top. <laughs> I'm wondering, have you ever seen that before? It's on your screen. No. Okay. Scratch it off. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen this before. It look it literally looks like a backward six with a slash on a little what they doing over there curve, and so I know that this is not how you say it, but because she won the Golden Globe, I'm 
I'm not just gonna do a story about her. They got her no and little not thing in They got no little. Um, Hilda, getting the closest letter this looks like is a D, a back. Uh, oh, I wouldn't guess that. But no, but there's also another D in her last name, so I know it's not. It can't possibly be pronounced that way. But but look, it's just not an O. Oh, maybe so. That little thing, it literally looks like a backwards six. Maybe go. Okay. I think her name is Hilda. First of all, when your lips start doing it, I'm super good. Now, now since you said that, I'm like, do it. Is it an O? Guan adult here. Congrats, sis. Right. I'm going to see if I can find maybe her or someone. First of all, the person who has announced this. They're probably just like, uh. They sweating. They see on a teleprompter. H. H. Imagine. H, girl. My girl. Hey. (laughs) Right. But you know what? As long as it's not Steve Harvey, I think they'll be fine. Could you imagine it being on the teleprompter the first time you saw it? That would be, I'll be pissed. Yeah, I would be really pissed. I'll be, because the whole world is watching. I feel bad because people deserve to say your name correctly. Exactly. Like, like you, you deserve for people to say your name correctly, right? right? Like that's why I remember I was watching a video. Okay, anyway, I was watching a video, um, of Hassan Minhaj, who is a comedian, mm-hmm. and he was saying like he went on Ellen and he spent like most of his thing teaching her how to say his name and his parents were like you literally just went on Ellen why would you what and he's like no y'all named me this like you don't say my name right and right and a lot of people learn how to say his name from him like doing that and like i don't have a like a foreign name but i've had somebody tell me oh, i'm gonna just call you x y what you mean you just gonna do I what think, you could call me whatever you want to. you would not get a response from me right i answered to delaney and delaney only like <laughs> i remember there was this kid that went here and he was in the class i was taing for went here i don't go to eastman anymore there's a kid that went to eastman okay. and i w- he was in the class that i was taing for and i spelled his name wrong and he was like, it's okay, whatever. You can spell it however. I'm like, no, you deserve for me to spell your name correctly. How do I spell your name? Like, it sucks that people get worn down. Like, oh, you could just, no. Yeah, like what? Some people have, have, have said this to me like, oh, either way. What, what you mean either way? Your yeah, mom didn't that's put, always com- confusing to me. Either way. What your you mom mean? didn't put either way on your birth certificate. Right. Like, what? Right, right. You write your name two different ways. Just in case you pick which one you feel like. Right. Choose your own adventure. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, I did my best of age. Uh, so other piece of news. This isn't like super new, but it's new to me. So um, the Chicago Sinfonietta um released a project called Project W, which is an album that uh that highlights women women composers. Mm-hmm. Um, the purpose of which is to help highlight uh promote highlight and promote contemporary diverse women composers. Um, so they prefaced this like album announcement saying that like. It's estimated that only 1.3% of all works programmed in the 2016-2017 season were written by women. I was like, well, first of all, oh, I guess that's how stats work. I was like, 1.3? <laughs> don't even don't even walk us through, yo. Don't even walk us through it, sis. It's okay. Um, girl, what's the last time I, did? I took math? <laughs> Yikes. Girl, I do um, basic math on my, on my phone calculator. All right, so. What, what did, I, did I say calculator or calculator? He said calculator. And I will continue. That's like the default. I don't even be trying. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, and the ratio of conductor positions, um, like men to women, is four to one. Um, and ten to one, that's uh, for music director positions. 
Um, fourth one actually that actually surprised me. I thought that was actually gonna be hard. I thought it was gonna be like an eight to one or something. <laughs> isn't it isn't it pathetic what we said before? <laughs> right. Remember when I told you I was like I went to that orchestra and there was another black guy and I was like, Wait, progress. <laughs> that is sad. Oh two of us. Right. Just the two of us. <laughs> okay. Um <clears throat> Right, but for one, I was like, oh, but apparently. See, that's sad. <laughs> Freaking sad, man. Oh, <laughs> right. Um, so all the all the commissions on uh, on well, all the tracks on the album are commissions except for the first track, which is a piece called "Dances in the Cr- in the Cane Breaks," which is by Florence Price, Katie. So no need. <laughs> Okay, you're saying, well, they could have got some. Pro- oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, y'all do it this time. Um, <laughs> but it's a piece called Dances in the in the Cane Breaks by Florence Price, which was originally for piano, but it was arranged for orchestra by William Grant Steele after she died. Oh, a twofer. Right. Um, and also, I was really happy to see, like, once I, I read more about the album and, like, the different people that they, the different women that they uh, commissioned, I was happy to see that there was actually diversity within that mm-hmm. because there were, um, there were black women, there were Asian women, okay. you know, there were Hispanic women. So I was like, okay, period, then y'all pass the test this time. No, I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> um, I'm glad somebody doing something right in this country. Right. Period. Um, and, but also part of this comes, this just goes to show when you got, when you got, uh, people in charge that care about stuff like this like chicago symphony editor music director is a woman right so like with this with this project even be on a docket if it wasn't for her and it's also we like they have, they have a lot of stuff going on out there like mm-hmm. they're Party conducting inclusion. yeah they're right. inclusion fellowship, they're conducting fellowship thing like they actually i think it's the same thing but they actually try to like do stuff over there hmm. you're not allowed to do that no in this context i am I'm excited to see. You're excited to see what? I'm. I'm just excited. Just know that Delaney is cont- continuously stro- trolling me. Destroy you. Part example. Okay. <laughs> I. Not I. Okay, so I was on um, Rihanna's internet, and I saw a meme. Gonna pull it up right here. Oh, it's time for intermission. Who haven't? Listen before it's the intermission. Okay, <laughs> I forget to do that sometimes. We feel like people just be right. The first time listening, they gonna think. Never mind. Time for intermission. So I saw a meme and it was like, "Which celebrity do you defend? Like you getting paid for it?" So I switch this around, and I want to know which um, teacher um, you def- you defend like in the streets, like. Someone, if someone were to come for a teacher that you had in the past, who would you defend? Like you getting paid for it, and then also which um, celebrity artist, classical artist, would you defend? Oh, I didn't know I had to do classical. <laughs> okay, this is this is whatever you prepared. We'll take okay. what you prepared. Which which celebrity artist would you? Def- okay, so let's start with that, so we can bring it back to classical music. I wish. Okay, I wish my teachers had that uh, same reaction. Whatever you prepared. <laughs> That's what cool. Okay, let's hear it. Um, if your teacher said, "Okay, let's hear what you got," that means you're in trouble. Like if you, if they were like, if they were like, I've done this to students before. If you come halfway, but <laughs> if they tell you like, 
a whole movement, you got half the movement, that half movement better be freaking spotless. Right. Well, you Ooh, best half movement they ever heard. <laughs> your next your next fifty nine minutes is gonna be hell. I can guarantee I don't care how nice your teacher is. Um so I picked Beyonce because um although I will say most people that I cape for are not like they haven't really done anything that has forced me to like I don't know that that, that has forced me to, to like I don't know not cape for them mm-hmm. like there's some people that cape for R. Kelly and it's just like so. okay people are really doing that <laughs> like, there's no hope for humanity honestly <laughs> I just give up like but um so like I would I, like to believe like I'm not biased to like if Beyonce really came out here it was just terrible like that I would be like well she's still a queen queen bee and and, and fall in line and i'm leaving bees up underneath your instagram photos and stuff like Mm. um but if you don't like beyonce that's fine keep it to yourself is like i just i feel like most people especially for beyonce feel like they like they're usually like a contrarian like they just but they just have to yeah i feel like that's what it is like people who don't like beyonce just don't like her because she's fun because there's nothing not to like right at all like I understand, like she not your favorite artist. Yeah, like she, she don't have to be, be everybody's favorite artist. But you like she is terrible. I'm like meanwhile, we was right. So you but a flake of dandruff, dandruff off her weave. So but Beyonce has dandruff. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's a real person. Like <laughs> okay, so I'm just gonna segue off of you. So a person that I defend, like I get paid for, is freaking Offset. I don't care. Like I believe in Offset. I believe in what he brings to the game. I believe in his um, improvement. And I don't want to hear anything else about it. About uh, you coming to the orchestra. (laughs) The one other black guy. (laughs) So we call it progress? No, I'm just playing. Okay. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I just love Offset. So a classical artist that I will always defend is Janine Janssen. I just love, she just was one of the first people to inspire me as a player. Like, cause before I was just kind of just going through the motions. I was like, I heard it here. Um, and now, and now you're literally trash. And now, um, yeah, she's one of the first people to inspire me musically. And I really love her for that. Okay. Period. A teacher who, a, a music teacher, in the same light, you defend them like you getting paid for. It. In the streets, can't nobody say nothing about this person. Can't nobody do nothing about this person. Who was it? Um, okay, not even Teacher Appreciation Week. <laughs> even though I don't think I would play this for my teacher that I appreciate. They drag you through the streets, but you know what I'm saying, man. Like, I- <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got you. Okay. Um, I picked. This is not like a private teacher, but mm-hmm. I picked. Um. Mr. Dickerson, who is a music director of Inner City Youth Orchestra of Los Angeles, which I'm not going to be texting me. I must respond. Um, bustling phone. Busy, busy. Popularity queen. Only him and my mom. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I came for him because what you, what you finna say about what he doing, like, for the, mm-hmm. you know, for black youth in, in L.A., like, period. What you, what, what, if you got anything to say to him, tell me what you doing. And then we could talk, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially because like, I'm so, so sorry. But if I was retired, I wouldn't be like, he working harder than he was before. Yeah, I'm already looking forward to retirement because this stuff is ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> like, he always running around going back and forth from Africa, back and forth from, to Africa. 
Girl, I'm okay. I'm trying to go to Africa. What he got going on? Okay, but back and forth. That yeah. sounds exhausting. It's exhausting to go back and forth to work. <laughs> every day. You got to do it every day. Like, that sounds like exhausting. Like, all the, I don't know, just all the, the time and dedication that he has single-handedly put in has, is just crazy. Mm. Um, So that's somebody I'm advocate for. <laughs> the lady's braid disgust up. Okay, I'm gonna end up like <laughs> braid on the ground. Um, a teacher that I'm caving for is a professor at the Eastman School of Music. Um, her name is Mara Culp. Oh, I thought she was going. Everybody know that you really not finna say nothing about Mr. Taylor about <laughs> around like that's like that's on period like on semicolon on dash on okay. everything like you not saying nothing about mr taylor and that's already you already know that so don't even come over here with that it ain't nothing to really say because you you can never and have never and will never but <laughs> bringing it back dr mara cope is like literally one of my favorite people ever like she is so dedicated to her job like she works really hard she always publishing something like her cv is like doo, 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 like pages and pages and i'm like that's what her CV is, but like my CV is like four pages. Like hers is like, and like yeah, she's older than me. She's been doing a lot, but she's always like working and grinding and working. And like she's like a amazing thinker and like she's super personable. So yeah, you can't say nothing about her to me around me at all because okay. <laughs> same thing. Period. Oh, you thought I was gonna say Mr. Taylor? People know I ride for Mr. Taylor. Like you need to tell me what you did. Okay, him being. You need to ride for me, like I'm he, saying. What's a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> okay, him saying you need to ride for that viol, like you. Okay, <laughs> and the topic. I'm ready to get out of here because <laughs> this isn't gonna work. <laughs> I'm gonna post this uh, meme on the Instawebs. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. What happened? <laughs> Please don't ever say that again. Instawebs. Hit the space bar. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all can tell me uh which tell us which composer you ride for like you. We we didn't do composer today because the whole thing is about to be about composers, so it's just like too much. Right. And also you already know what you're gonna say. Also right, like <laughs> like come on. Like y'all might be tired of it. So <laughs> I'll post this on um Blue Ivy's Instagram and y'all could participate. Okay. And we moving on. Period. Okay, so for whatever reason, at the end of last episode, we had <laughs> a mini episode. That mini, like, it, it came out of nowhere. Like, what did even you edited it? What did what did that come from? You know, I don't remember. It just I don't know. So we thought we would bring it back, and today we're talking about um, iconic composers and what makes a composer iconic, and who we think is iconic, and who we were told was iconic. And then also at the end, we're going to argue who we think is the most iconic composer. So Delaney picked somebody. I don't know who it is. Hopefully we don't have the same person. It's not Tchaikovsky. Mine isn't. Not isn't either. Okay. okay. And we, we, that's, did we say not to do Tchaikovsky? Yeah. But also Tchaikovsky's. And also we, we use certain parameters by which we pick this. So the, Let's oh, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. this is gonna be a heated argument because I don't feel strongly about this person. I just feel like they won. Like it's like checking off a rubric. That's the thing. Like I don't. I'm not married to this because for people who are gonna get too emotionally involved, it's like you really can't. 
you can't say like what the most iconic composer is because cla- the way classical music is structured like mm-hmm. it just everybody's influenced by everybody well yeah the same thing in, in like regular art like Beyonce's iconic but she's not the most iconic mm-hmm. Michael Jackson's iconic but he's not the most iconic because there were people that helped get him to where he was able to be iconic in my opinion so it's like he can't really no one person can be you can be more iconic than somebody else I think yeah but yeah I feel like there's a level to I yeah there's there's tears but like that's like saying like apples are more iconic than oranges which is not true <laughs> oranges are mm, depends on the context depends on the color of apple to me yeah and also apples can do more things than oranges you can only just you can juice apples apple pie apple crisp orange pie walled off salad you can do anything with oranges except eat them and drink them. What a useless fruit. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> you just named two uses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So according to Webster, Marion, um, T.I.'s favorite source. Oh my gosh. Meanwhile, he needs to invest in the... Okay. Never mind. He needs to delete his social media. No, he uses the, the source because he don't be known the definitions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But he needs he needs the dictionary. <laughs> and so does his followers you know that whole like expeditiously thing when he said expeditiously <clears throat> i was ashamed and embarrassed about how many people in the comments was like expeditiously like didn't think it was a real word i'm like y'all are just <laughs> daft <laughs> like wow the education system has failed our youth in ways has failed like so poorly like and and then the fact that he he literally got on red table talk and didn't know what, what the word patriarchy meant. He knew meant. what patriarchy meant. Hmm? He knew. What, I feel like he knew. Why would he? Why would he? That was embarrassing. But why would he lie about that? I mean, first of all, he already embarrassed himself, and he also lied about not knowing that it was going to affect Deja. That was a oh, lie. Ain't no way. I I believe him. You believe that he lied yes. about? He didn't lie about patriarchy. I I believe that he didn't know what that word meant because. He don't because he be using words that he obviously don't know what they mean anyway. Um, and second of all, I just feel like the way I don't know the way he reacted. Maybe I believe him because he had all that talk until he heard that word and was like, "Oh, that is so but, sad." But also, like he don't gotta know what that means. His whole life is patriarchal. Because I feel like that if anything, if he didn't know what it meant, if anything, that would have been what some people could talk about it because that that reflected poorly on him. Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel like that would be the only benefit is like press, like Gina Rodriguez saying the N word. T.I. is lucky because nothing he do, nothing he ever does will affect him ever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's some things like look at Bill Cosby, like you have to, it has to be mm-hmm. like he's a so, you said what? Then he's still black. So yeah, I'm not giving up on him yet. Ti, I, I don't care about him. I mean, I'm not caping for him. Yeah, and I also don't know much about. I'm not him. rooting for him either. Yeah, I can't say I'm rooting for him, yeah. but I'm not gonna give up on him. Yeah. He's not. A, he's not a he's lost cause. Not yet. nearly as bad as he could get at all. <laughs> Which is a shame. Is a sad sentence to say, but we say it so often these days. Have we given up on future yet? I've heard that he's very toxic. I don't know much about Future. Future has like 27 baby mamas. Yeah, he do. And his name, what is his name? It's something. <laughs> Middle name something. Demon. That's what I heard. Okay. Somebody on Twitter, apparently Lori Harvey is also toxic. 
I don't know what she looks like, but there was a there was a video of them circling and they were kissing and whatever. Yeah, apparently she's dating future, which like you literally can have anybody in the game. Apparently she's really really toxic too. Like, and somebody said whoever <laughs> they said whoever emerges from that relationship unscathed is toxic as prime. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bring it back. According to Webster, an icon is a sign such as a graph. Okay, Katie. Such as a word or a graphic symbol whose form suggests its meaning. So what I gathered from this is that like in order for a composer to be iconic, you basically have to body what one would deem as a composer. Like when you think like when you think <laughs> when you be like the perfect composer, Mozart. That's what I gather from the definition. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, when we were talking about this, not last time, but earlier before we turned the mics on, um, I was thinking like, well, well, one thing that we talked about was like, <coughs> this person is a mold in which every in which oh, everyone yeah. else fits. So like, that was a good way to to put it in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. um, when you think like I was talking about titles, like. Michael Jackson is the king of pop. Like, yeah, everyone, like everyone else falls underneath under that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that got me thinking. Just when you said your definition, that reminded me of like I forgot the other definition I said, so I just went with that one. <laughs> <laughs> right, both work. It. No, both work. I'm putting think. my name on it. I came up with it, guys. Because I think about going back to the Apple example. Like, th- what do you think of when you think of an apple? Like, what pops into your mind? Regardless of your favorite apple, what pops into your mind when you the red one? The red one, right? But that's not to me. That's like that's a terrible icon for an apple. <laughs> or what about fruit? But now we talk about apples, so apple just pops. In my mind. Well, then I so I I ignored that, and then I went to my second thing that pops in my mind, which is like that fruit of the loom thing. Mm. But see, the thing is, like another thing. This is the way. Like, this is why we it was good we came up with criteria for this, because mm-hmm. when we think about an iconic fruit, I must think about my favorite fruit, but you, how can what, you Yeah, really, how can you... Yeah, like, it's we, a really just your taste. Same thing with music. Yeah. Like, this is why, with these parameters, my favorite composer did not fit this, mm-hmm. because that's my musical taste, and this is the definition to iconic. So, like... But when you were saying, like, um... Like... Like, when icon is, um... I don't know how how you how you phrased it, but it got I don't know it got me thinking of like, um, how you can describe something and, and this is happen like I've described things as this and my teacher has as like Brahmsian, like you know what that means yeah because bra- like <laughs> but do we know what that means because we because Brahms is iconic or do we know what that means because we have studied Brahms and we know what Brahmsian means. Thick texture, I've only put beats like twice, and that was in the past, like two, like two years. So when he says Brahmsian, what do you mean? Because if if you told me Brahmsian, I wouldn't be like, oh, okay. I, would, I would be like, okay, so it's gonna be thick in texture. It's gonna be um, lots of what's it called polyrhythms type junk. It's gonna be heavy. That's what yeah. I yeah, yeah. That was um, the context was the Hindemith Sonata, and it had like a really like. A, like a robust beginning mm-hmm. um and and it was lyrical too mm-hmm. but um yeah but i don't know like i feel like that's something not everybody like when you're playing a composer most of the time 
um you're trying to play like in the style of that composer that's mm-hmm. what adds you know accuracy okay um but like <coughs> for i feel like there's only a few composers where like someone would take like their like their style and and all of that is just so influential that you can just like sprinkle it on other stuff mm-hmm. and it like make you know <coughs> like composers that musicians had to you had to learn new techniques to play their music stuff like that like they were pushing the boundaries mm-hmm. you know what i mean Definitely. like i'm like someone's like oh you play this stroke like you're playing beethoven or something like that Beethoven like, got a stroke like i mean i've heard people like depending on the mm-hmm. beethoven's a, not a great example because no i'm, I'm not i wasn't being smart i'm trying to figure out no because he also there's early beethoven late beethoven he he mm-hmm. changed a lot but like like mozart or something yeah, mozart like that. A stroke. yeah well, if I was thinking like what something like Mozart like, I'm thinking light and airy. I'm not yeah. thinking like, oh, okay, Mozart's icon. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, you got on me at the at the last one because of that because because oh, of taking Dvorak out, and I was like, but I, I mean, I'm not I'm not emotional about you. Like it's not all that. <laughs> no, I'm saying like when I think about Mozart, I don't be like he's an icon, so I play it this way. I'd be like, okay. Well, no, I mean, I don't think that either. Oh, okay, I'm just saying like. I'm I'm asking rather like because he has had that influence mm-hmm. um would that mean something to you cuz I'm like okay why don't you play the Stravinsky stroke like what <laughs> you know what I mean okay yeah. that means turn your bow the other way <laughs> right you play underneath the string Stravinsky's annoying I wish we had cameras in here so y'all could have seen we make a lot of girls mad we just be disrespectful Oh, he was annoying. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the fact that, like, you can say something like that and, and it's, like, people know what you mean. There's mm-hmm. like there's only a few composers to me also yeah. because I'm not super knowledgeable about that. Most stuff. Okay. The- Most things. <laughs> Most stuff. <laughs> you hear me? Um, It's one of them. One of the stuffs. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I don't know. I could, could contribute. That was that one episode where neither of us could say anything. We were just like, we're praying to get to the end. <laughs> what a wild ride that was. Okay, so we're gonna go through um a couple of composers and we're gonna we're just gonna say we might make some of y'all mad, but you know what? I'm still stuck on the Stravinsky straw. <laughs> That's how it be. I feel I feel like he wanted the people that got the um the accent and the dot. Oh my god! And then he got the carrot top too, and it's like, it's like okay. so you want me to use a knife for my bow? <laughs> right? You want me to play this with my elbow or what? <laughs> Maybe that's what his V means. You go s- like <laughs> okay, period. Like you just—it's only so many accents we could spit on top of this note, right? <laughs> like I would like somebody to hand him a violin, be like, you show us what you want. Yeah, and 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 and. Explain to me how a simple accent could not possibly do that. <laughs> but then Sharissa came to Eastman. Maybe maybe there was someone there we could. <gasps> Doctor Block was there. Was that Stravinsky? Oh, yeah, the one who came here, right? No. What do you mean? Oh, was it Shaska? It couldn't have been Shaska. No way. Put it back in. Could have been. <laughs> <laughs> one of them famous composers once it came to Eastman to do some type of orchestra thing. I'm pretty sure it was Stravinsky. He was all old. He's the one with the glasses, right? Like this. Well, yeah, that's some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna ask Dr. Block. It was like a huge, I mean, I imagine. Mm-hmm. 
But it's like, how was, I don't know. That's a different conversation. But how was stuff a big deal? Because it's like, by the time you found out about it, it was too late. You know what I'm saying? Okay. If Beethoven came to Eastman, it would be like, at Eastman School of Music. Like, news would be like, fume, 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 fume. and then like every hotel in Rochester would be sold out. And like, maybe they'll turn the river blue and everything. Okay, so I'm gonna go through um, some composers. If we, if you, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just saying my top two things from this episode is the Stravinsky stroke and the they could have got Florence Price to write. <laughs> you came in guns a blazing. <laughs> oh my goodness! Stay ready. You gotta get ready, even if it's wrong. I said what I said. <laughs> she got stuff, a plenty of stuff you could have put in there. <laughs> what is it, the Joker? Florence Price got everything. Melancholy, sad. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> but we don't. Bro, I'm about to end this. I'm right, struggling. Yeah, I mean, she, got, she got blue. She got azul. She got. <laughs> She got red, crimson, scarlet. <laughs> I'm ready to go. This is not, this has been everywhere. But we're going to push to the end. Okay. So if there's additional composers, <laughs> um, we can say them. I'm just going off the, the Google Doc. Okay. Okay. Is Bach iconic or has he been deemed iconic? I also, I ain't going first. Also, I mean, I'm gonna say yes, he's iconic, but I'm, I'm just, I don't know. Like when you say the difference is basically somebody who's been deemed iconic is someone that that does not fit that definition, but people cape for them is basically what we're saying. Wait, the because I feel like you know how some people like are actually iconic, and then other people make them iconic mm-hmm. so like like people who are famous for no reason yeah like bad do you know who bad barbie is the catch me outside girl mm-hmm. she's not iconic she's just famous so she's yeah she's just famous barely like barely she but, oughtn't be that's what we need to bring her back to like she really and then it's like i think for me when we were making that list like it was hard to distinguish like okay am i just adding people because they're popular like yeah. you know it's also it's hard to say like okay are you iconic or are you just a lot of people know you so you want to say are they iconic or are you popular yeah okay or are they overrated <laughs> <laughs> i think bach is iconic i think i mean his contribution like yeah i think bach is iconic katie's thinking I'm, i don't want to be having bach is iconic but okay. also like i feel i'm trying to figure do we give him too much what did he write I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, Bach is iconic. Oh yeah, Saint like Saint Matthew's Passion. He he was writing. Yeah, he did a lot. And the little keyboard. Oh yeah, and the counter power. Okay, okay. Well tempered. Well tempered Cleaver Clavier. How you say that? (laughs) (laughs) You (laughs) were chopping people up. You Wilson for chainsaw, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, okay. Counterpoint, all that. Okay. Oh yeah. He literally he was invented like, it. more way than one. Oh well, he didn't invent it. Who was the person before him that was like counterpoint? 
Was it Bob? Girl, you see, I graduated. I'm not everything. I'm I'm saying it silent because I'm not gonna embarrass myself on this mic. Well, too late for me. So <laughs> keep <Okay>. going. <laughs> um, Beethoven. Okay, I feel like I'm... Now I'm you second-guessing everything. Yeah, I think Beethoven's iconic. Beethoven's iconic. Yeah. Especially for that Ninth Symphony alone, right. I feel like. Right. And also, like, all the stuff he did with, like... I, we said this last week. From Symphony Number 1, he he came out the gate oh, yeah. blazing. Yeah. I think Beethoven's iconic. You think we give him too much? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I don't think this whole 2020 should be about him. We started to see. I will tell you that. Yeah. I mean, cause I, we had he had a hundredth year anniversary, he had a fiftieth year anniversary. Like y'all, we get it. <laughs> and it's like maybe this could have worked if if there was any lack of Beethoven before this. But like, it's, how exactly. much more can we possibly get? Like, did y'all find something new? Like, <laughs> and like, are they, you gonna play it twice? Like, <laughs> at this point, yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like they don't be playing all his stuff. Like, who really out here playing Beethoven for? I think we're playing it. <laughs> I think we're, really? I think we're playing Beethoven four. Either us, yeah. I think third cycle. We're playing Beethoven four. We are. Somebody <laughs> really? Yep. And I remember being like Beethoven. See, that's Beethoven why I was like, four? "Who really playing it?" Yes, yeah, Beethoven four. I remember looking at it and being like, "Hmm, never, huh. never played yeah, it." Beethoven yeah. huh. four. Yep. I don't think I played. Any of his even symphonies. I've sight read two, which is it's not even two. two it's horrible. It's fast. I don't, I don't like two. Is. I, I played one, two, three, five. Six. Six is hard. Seven. Oh, cause seven. <laughs> Iconic. You know what? I just for that movement. <laughs> Okay, is it is it is it ba da da or is it da da da? Which one you teach? Which one you play? Yeah, I gotta sing from the beginning. See, and I bet you somebody, somebody people gonna be like, it is what it is. I'm like, no, 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 no. Cause do you? I hate the ba da da. I hate that junk. What do you do? What? Yeah. So that doesn't sound as straight as I just did, but because I was like. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I think it's better da. I think it sounds terrible like that. Oh. I don't think it sounds terrible. He freaking did that. <laughs> Just not for that alone. And the Ninth Symphony. And he wrote a bunch of vi- violin little stuff. I feel like ba- and his quartet music. Yeah, that he iconic. Okay. <laughs> uh Mozart. <coughs> I guess. I mean, for his operas yeah. alone, he could get it. Yeah. And his he symphonies. Really he wrote a bunch of symphonies. Yeah. Some of them are really good. Yeah. I guess he was, yeah, he was a genius and stuff, so. Mm. Brahms? Mm-hmm. You gonna say no? <clears throat> I wonder I'm like, I wonder if there's anybody, anybody I'm gonna say no to. Meanwhile, I literally was here when the voice was playing. <laughs> I already <laughs> forgot who's on there. <laughs> um, I struggle with Brahms. I'm like, it's. Uh, I'm acting like I'm gonna lose something if I say. It. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm like, 
like he finna come knocking at my door. I really pray he doesn't. Um. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I feel like I'm being made to say that. Made by who? <laughs> like Brown was. I kind of for what? What he? What he? Because his symphonies are beautiful. That's no, that's icon worthy. No. Oh, but he's string quartets and stuff like that. Yeah, he's iconic. I was, I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. But also, how are his string quartets different? Oh, he did write the septet too, the rhythms. Yeah, yeah okay, okay, okay. Wagner. Be thankful. Don't look over here. I've been going <laughs> second this whole time. We can keep this up. <laughs> well, I mean, we were licking my cup. No, alternate. You want to throw off the zen of the episode? Um, it's hard for me to say because I mean, to me, if we're doing <clears throat> personally, no. Um, but it's like we've been doing it. In terms of like, just like composers and like their, like whatever innovation that they've done and stuff, but I'm not familiar with opera. I'm not super familiar. Like anything I know about opera, I've learned from music history. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I feel like a lot of people who are more familiar with opera will say yes. He can write. He can write his butt off. But I'm not gonna say. I just I I just genuinely don't have much of an opinion on on his music i've heard things that he has written that i like but yeah that don't mean he's iconic my singers like that do my strings like that freaking slides i might could tap my toe to that i'm not gonna listen i'm trying to be i'm trying to be as unbiased as possible i just don't think he's iconic because especially like after learning about him like he could write his butt off but because like i feel like he limited himself because he was so like racist and like (laughs) Um, fixated on that. Fixated on this like combining of the arts. I forgot what he called. I forgot the what the word was, but this combining of the arts because the symphony is outdated. I'm like, it's just, it was just, like annoying to learn about. Okay. Um, and he wrote all these treatises and stuff, which I'm you're not iconic for that. Um, so I'm a, it's gonna be a no for me. Mahler. <clears throat> The only thing I associate with Mahler is the expansion of the orchestra. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's done more than that. I mean, obviously, you can't cut through a Mahler symphony with a knife. So At all. Like, it's like one of them extra fudgy cakes like that you gotta... Loki, Mahler was a special occasion type thing. Like, mm-hmm. dedicating the hall and stuff. Right. Like, when they brought that hammer out, I was like, so... Season opener. Like, or closer. I think that was a that was a low key of flex because when we first started it, the con- conductor was talking about how everybody was scared to play this because after like a, I guess a couple conductors like died after they programmed that symphony. Oh, it's like one of them superstition like, yeah. things. Still here. That's why a lot of composers I would just employ you not to write a viola sonata as your last work. You die after you write a viola sonata and you don't finish it or a viola work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, Mahler's iconic to me. Okay, he's one of those people. I'm just saying, he's one of those people. Like, I'm not gonna fight you on it. Mm-hmm. I'm just one of the, like I can't know everybody. And Mahler is someone I played my first Mahler symphony <clears throat> last year. 
I play part time. My solo, which you didn't come listen to. Wow. Probably had a conflict. <laughs> no, when I told you, remember when I told you, I was like, you didn't come see my music. You didn't have no solo. <laughs> because this is what happened. <laughs> this is what happened. <laughs> Mahler wrote um, in the thing, it was a low D below the staff. And can't play that note if you don't have a fifth string or an extension. And he wrote, most people just play the octave up, but he he wrote like, if you don't have an extension, don't play it. And I was the only person in my section that had an extension. Flex on them now. So I was like, period. <laughs> come on, solo. Like, period. But apparently, Katie didn't feel nothing. No type of way about my my eight bar tied whole note D. So. Um, what a front. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Moving right along, WC. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I... I'm being unbi- I'm being unbiased. Was he the first to ever do it with all that stuff? So, yeah, I don't think so. With all that little stuff. I remember, there's also people who was riding around him. I felt like he just rose to fame. Also, he was when he was mad, doing all type of weird stuff, killing people and stuff. He killed his somebody. Wife? No, what he do to his wife? No, nah, he left her for dead. She tried to kill herself, and then she survived, and then he left her to go before. Can you imagine that he come back? He'd be like, oh. with no money. Mean, but that's not a part nope, of that's it. not part of this. Um, um, uh, I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and say no. I'm just gonna bite. I won't. You could get whatever you're gonna say. Cause also, like, we might as well do the next one. Is it, they was just writing. Oh, him and him and, and his Re- buddy Ravel. Ravel. They probably weren't even friends. Were they? Were they? Or, was Ravel like a little? I feel like did WC come a little before him? Let me check. Everything's a Google search away. And I'm not trying to get dragged more than I probably will get after right, this. Yeah. We find out Reveal still alive. And, and WC mm. was based on his contemporary. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and Reveal and Jess Walter was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, he's still alive. He's still alive. <laughs> okay, WC, 1862. Oh he God. was born. You know what? I can tell why WC got away. He's not that bad looking. If you look past the. He's not that bad looking. No, he's not. I mean, after looking at divorce, I'm so sorry. Okay, also, okay. So, sidebar, I just feel like standards have just gotten so much higher. Because there's a line in Hamilton that's like, handsome boy, does he know it? So, I go after the show. I look up, I want to see what Hamilton, because, you know, you're looking at the guy who played Hamilton in Chicago. Good looking guy, you know what I'm saying? Hmm. So, who is married? So, and so I go and I look up Hamilton and I'm like, you've got, you know what? I might cut the side book. I, I have to show you with Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton, what he looked like, you're going to, you going to gag. Okay. No, I swear on everything. <laughs> Not on everything. <laughs> he is freaking, listen, I ain't saying none of God's creations are ugly, but this, never mind. I, ain't gonna I mean, Okay, so what I say, H62 for the WC? The boost? The bussy? Like the baby? <laughs> oh, I'm you know, sorry, the baby. I ain't mean that. What took me down was the baby look black podcast. <laughs> what is that? We said, I said that because you were like, because we were gospelly black or whatever. And I was like, and I was like, yeah, last week we were talking about the baby and you were like, cussing the baby. And I was like, the baby black. <laughs> I, sound, I like the sound of that. Yeah, I do. Maybe maybe we once might, every couple months we do we, we could do an episode where we can compare different black. 
the baby to to another uh, composer. Yes, let's listen. We were smacked up in the middle of this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there. Yeah, they were around the same time. The uh, Lavelle was eighteen seventy five. Okay. Ooh, Lavelle was not. Cause I was wondering, like, I don't know. I, something gave me a, a reason to believe that maybe that Debussy at least co- started composing a little bit before Ravel. He did. But I don't know. Oh, okay. I mean, I would imagine. I mean, I don't know. That's what I. That's what I mean. Like maybe. Okay, maybe if chronologically we could put Debussy as because Debussy came first. Twelve years before. F- for knowing. Yeah. Okay. I think, I don't know. I don't know much about either. I know I like Ravel better. If I yeah. have to, if I have to pick. Yeah. Of the two. But. Like I if I was going like to pick eggplant or celery. <laughs> celery. I would pick celery. Eggplant is good. I've tried. <laughs> but I Eggplant. I've, I've tried to like eggplant. Something about it just don't sit right. The texture, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. I tried <laughs> to like it. You don't have you don't understand. I've been eating eggplant for years and I always been like, I don't need this. You are ridiculous. Like I'm this is a classical music podcast. What are you talking about? Don't you gonna lie? Yeah. I didn't lie about nothing. All I said was what you talking about. Anyway. This is a PG WC. You no 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 you're not gonna put you're not gonna gaslight me now no you said some stuff on the podcast I haven't said no what I say you know. before is that bad I mean it's not PG did you say that in front of your students oh <laughs> <laughs> okay. <You> imagine Miss <laughs> Brown said especially them yeah they guess will be telling me, yeah guess what Miss said because they don't know my name okay okay Shostakovich I think Shostakovich okay. <laughs> <laughs> What is this episode? <laughs> what was that? Shaka Ko- <laughs> What? I think Shostakovich is iconic. By a landslide. Like, like hands down. Right. Everything about him. I mean, he was obsessed with his name, but we get it. Bach did the same thing. But you can't really tell as much. Shasti. Uh, when he, the, um, okay, I know, th- I know this, uh, Cortez outplayed, but eight, when he, da, 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 you freaking did, I can see why that's overplayed, oh my freaking goodness, period, okay, it's gonna be hard one for me, Tchaikovsky, oh no, it's not, I always remember, cause I wanna say he's not, and then I remember his ballets. That's probably, mm-hmm. that's probably what saves him. Because yeah. if not, Tchaikovsky's a lot like Wagner. Like, writes his butt off. Your face. Wow. Your face. Writes his butt off. But, like, it's just nice. I, would, I mean, I wouldn't put him you, in that. I would put that. I would say that about Schubert. Schubert, okay, Schubert to me nice. is just nice. Okay, Wagner, but, I don't just hear that and be like, oh, that's nice. I mean, because it's literally like. Demonic. But if you would put up. Okay. I cannot believe I'm saying this because I always cape for Tchaikovsky. Always will. But if you put... If we're now. <laughs> if you... If we're talking about, like, icon, if you put a Tchaikovsky symphony, like, his best symphony up against Brahms' best symphony, and we're talking about which one is more iconic... You ain't gonna make that. Hey, listen, somebody better save this time, Sam, because you really ain't gonna get me to defend Brahms many, many times. Right, so check four up against Brahms, too. 
okay. two favorite symphonies. Okay, canceling each other out. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, I don't know. I would take Brahms two over track four. Wow. Dang, you hate Brahms two. <laughs> There's some beautiful moments. The violas really have this. Which, the violas have this really beautiful moment in the first movement where it's like. You learn to like something when you were forced to play it, so it's also really difficult to have something you are learning for an audition or on a cycle and mm-hmm. you load it. You don't like it, yeah. It's a very long cycle. We did um what's that thing? Ride of Spring? I did not like Ride of Spring. It's a long like ten weeks. <laughs> okay, last one I have, unless you want to add somebody else, Puccini. I think for opera, but that's another thing. Like, only reason why I even know nothing, anything about Puccini is because of music history, and that's why I was like, oh, we might could add him. I love Puccini. Yeah, I think for opera alone, mm-hmm. like I feel like there's really no one who can compare to Puccini. Okay, uh, well, I don't even know. see. <laughs> I don't even know. Okay. Um. So Delaney and I, let me pull up the parameters. Delaney and I have prepared arguments. We did? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I got to go, go to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> we prepared arguments for who is uh, the most iconic composer. Now, before you get your panties in a bunch, um, this is impossible to do for reasons that I've already stated. However... Um, we have decided who's the most iconic based on writing for your instrument. So bass, viola, respectively. Writing for ensemble, most likely orchestra, band and choir girls, calm down. Legacy and innovation. Hey, Delaney, you have the floor. Well, I got the floor. Because we've been doing the same setup. Well, now I just talk something else, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, like I said, I don't feel strongly about this, but thinking about thinking about this, um, oh, excuse me, um, thinking about these parameters, I guess I pick bronze. Uh, <laughs> why are your face looking like that? I'm good. What? I'm please lie. Okay. Um. Of course, I wanted to pick Tchaikovsky, but um, I picked Brahms because, first of all, writing for writing for my instrument, Brahms really came out the gate with the bass part. With okay, <laughs> what instrument do I play? Bass parts, like seriously, like that, like he's known for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I considered picking Beethoven because I, I also personally like Beethoven, um, and am more familiar with Beethoven. And he did have, to me personally, I think Beethoven did do better with writing for bass than those before him. But it's like, like he, he did better about it because he still did split parts, cello and bass really from the same part. But he, to me, seemed more strategic about when it split. And then he didn't just like 
like with Mozart, it's like you just drop out for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, in some symphonies, it didn't seem like there was any rhyme or reason to where he put that. Um, but with Beethoven, he would split the parts to have them play different, to have us play different things. Mm-hmm. That made sense. So I'm like, okay, I could see the effort there. But Brahms was like, he was like, all right, I'm taking this whole joint out. Like, you, he was like, y'all coming in here, getting paid the same as everybody else. Y'all gonna play some notes today. Period. <laughs> <laughs> like, I bet you them, that first Brahms symphony, they got to the, the bass player showed up to rehearse and saw the music on the scene. They were like, oh, this must be a mistake. Yeah, I, I would've been pissed. <laughs> like, you used to, you was just playing Mozart, playing some half notes, playing just a little dee, 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 dee on an open D. And now all of a sudden you, now all of a sudden you in, you in thumb position. Like, this man, Brahms came over here and lost his mind. Really bad. Strauss. Strauss really lost his mind. Strauss lost. Uh, like, as a violist, <laughs> okay, I can see why the violinists don't be like, it's just Strauss. Viola, we don't do that. We're not used to that. We support, we the middle, you know, we got some little, like, we really not. We got some, you know, chromaticism. That's what we used to, vibrato, you know. So when I see Strauss, I just really get upset. There is no reason why I am knee deep in thumb position in the middle Listen, of the I get right really now. mad. If I got to go past seventh position in the orchestra, I'm pissed. <laughs> That's on period. And also, like, Strauss just gives me middle child vibes. Like, you don't have to try so hard. Like, yeah. you are loved, okay? Like, it's really, <laughs> really annoying to play Strauss. Like, really frustrating. Yeah. That's not what this is about, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I forgot about him when we were making our list. But For um, a reason. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but you know the tone poem. And, uh, I'm annoyed. Like, you play high C in, in thumb position. For what? Why? And then all of us in all of unison, for, and for all of it for what? For you not to hear it. If you sing your, if you sing Don Juan next to the violins, I bet you they don't even. Oh, you do that? They no don't idea. even know. They have no idea. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I picked. So that's why I picked him for writing for your instrument. Um, and because Brahms' dad was a bass player, so he was like, he was good to us. Writing for ensemble. Um. Like I said, I'm not super familiar with Brahms' work, but I do think that he is one of the composers, like I said, um, that utilizes instruments well. Mm-hmm. And for what, like, I don't, I don't know, that treats them as their, like, individuals. I don't know. Uh, I feel like that, that was closely related to me. That was closely related to, to instrument in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, because you do have those certain instruments that the composers tend to forget about mm-hmm. or just tack on later. Um, and then legacy. I mean, like we open this, we open this thing up with like, you do have uh, like, like terms like Brahmsian that people just know, like Brahms has, he has made an impact mm-hmm. on, on uh, those after him mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. And especially as someone that hasn't played a ton of Brahms, because I played Brahms three when I was at EMF, and then I played um, Variations on the Theme by Haydn. <laughs> I played Variations on the Theme by Haydn, like, right after that. Let's see mm. Brahms. Um, I played, but even even with that, like, just... And I've also played excerpts from Brahms two and one. Um but just from that, like he still is has a has a really strong legacy to me as somebody who has a, doesn't have a ton of experience playing his stuff in orchestra at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and then innovation, um, like I said, the the rhythms um, wasn't nobody really doing mm-hmm. all of that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, before Brahms, so I was like, and I feel like that was one of the things that I felt that and writing for instruments was one of the things I felt like. Um, 
that Tchaikovsky lacked for this. Um, and then writing for your instrument is what I felt Be- Beethoven lacked. Mm-hmm. I really would like to have picked Beethoven. But, um, yeah, that's why I picked Brahms. Okay. Okay, you ain't got to do all that. Okay, so my composer is Mahler. Oh, you thought I was going to say? Mozart. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. You said Mahler. I was like, Mahler, so hear me out. Okay, so Mahler didn't get a girl's a viola piece. Okay, same critique with Tchaikovsky, but you know what? But the thing with Mahler is that his viola parts are incredible. And he gave us, Symphony Number no. 10 is like basically a viola showcase, especially like we opened the symphony saying like it's just like Mahler really like kept the violas in mind um writing for uh Mahler 5 is gorgeous um so I would say uh that also he just he just he really like he could tell like Mahler's type of I mean I I I haven't played the second noble part so I don't know what he's doing over there but I'm saying like you could tell just by like some of the instruments that are like forgotten you could tell that Mahler like kind of took his time um also like for people who say like Mahler did not write a lot of different things I mean you could say the same thing about Tchaikovsky but once you find something you're good at like you're just good at it that's the reason why this is not a gardening podcast okay or like and also I got a whole garden on my no I'm just kidding okay (laughs) And also, like, a lot of these girls should take notes. Because a lot of girls are writing a whole bunch of stuff and they really should Um, The most, like, obvious thing is that Mahler expanded the symphony. So, like, he took what everybody else was doing. He was like, you know, we might could add a hammer. You know, we might could add, like, like what, what if we had 10 desks of first violin? You know what I'm saying? Tchaikovsky. What if we had a cannon in here? <laughs> right, that's true. That but like extra. Extra. But, like. <laughs> But it's like there's been times I've been ensembles where like they can't play a Mahler symphony because like I mean you could but like we gotta order that joint yeah like <laughs> six de- six deaths of first violins and four deaths of seconds don't do it you know what I'm saying really it's like he really like worked on like that that big sound like expanding like different parts and what's included and a lot of girls wouldn't would not jobs it wasn't for Mahler so that's period. Um, he was barely fitting on that stage. Barely, <laughs> like, they taking out. They you play, you playing all up in the pit. And they might have had to bust that door open. In the four back. stage, you in you in row twenty eight B, trying to <laughs> trying to get all that. Um. Also, um. You know, he started doing this, and then other composers after him that have been influenced by him. You know, including more players, um, using and also Mahler. Okay, even though Beethoven did it first, I understand that. But Mahler, the in- including of choir and like singing, like kind of picking up on that. Like I think Mahler is iconic. So, and I would say the most iconic of if, any composer. That's what this is for. You supposed to convince me that. Um, well, ba- oh, based on these, I thought. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. the most iconic ever. Based on these, yeah, okay. Um, based on those, because I'm in here like. That was my own preferences breaking out, like breaking through. Mm-hmm. But I mean, with the by those parameters, I stand by with Brahms. Yeah. So I guess. Well, wow. <laughs> I don't dislike Brahms. Just I just mean my feelings towards Brahms have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like learning about people like Hale Stork. It's like we give Brahms too much, mm-hmm. but also like I love one, three, four. So okay. Um. So it's up to you guys. We're gonna ask you who you think is the most iconic but first you gotta vote on 
who gave like the most compelling argument and um please don't vote on that <laughs> and um who who you agree who you agree with so let us know on instagram and if you don't follow us on instagram follow us at classically black podcast and we are moving on right to black excellence black excellence where we hype you up gas you up and give you your props because there is room for everyone at the top who you talking about um this week i'm talking about sakari vanderveer well, i love her name sakari okay um she is a composer from redlands california um so she did her bachelor's in composition at the university of redlands um and she's had plenty of you know commissions period um she said that a lot of her commissions came from like her relationships with her colleagues but um She's gotten commissions uh, from the Phase Ensemble, most recently the Buffalo Philharmonic. Okay. Um, right up the street. Um, it was a well. They're doing new music reading. Sorry, to be to be clear, but um, she was chosen as one of the few. I think there's like four or five of them mm. that um recently got chosen. Also, one of them goes to Eastman. Yo, yo, let's stand up. Um, but when I talk about her right now, we talking about at all. Sakari. Okay. <laughs> <Not> at all. <laughs> um yeah, but um she she um was named a promising young composer of the Celestina Music Society for the 2018-2019 season. Um she's uh, been under mentorship of plenty of prominent composers uh today. Obviously, y'all don't be knowing these names, but I'll link her bio so that y'all can um so that y'all can read them if y'all know prominent composers today. Um, but in May twenty nineteen, uh her piece The Enigma of the Twilight Stallion. Come on, stallion. That little thing a stallion. Look how okay. she walk. Look how she talks. She's sexy. I like when they pray to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. This is, <laughs> this this is serious. Why going influence. off the rails? Um, <laughs> Leave it to us. Um, <laughs> the Enigma of the Twilight Stallion. It was premiered at Musica, which is an El Sistema uh, program in S- San Jacinto. I'm guessing it's Jacinto, uh, California. Um, it's a multi-level orchestral piece, which I was like, okay, hold on. What that mean? Right. That's a model you, you got like readiness and... <laughs> Oh, it was like three people in the world that would get that. Okay. <laughs> um, it's also gonna it's gonna be uh receiving its European premiere at El Sistema Greece. Um, okay. In twenty twenty, I was like, come on, like how 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 you even how you, how you even that? get that? Like, what would it, how they know about you? She like, popping. She right. popping popping. How Pop. Greece know about you? Um. Right. Exactly. Um. One of the one of her uh desires and um ambitions is giving children from uh, all walks of life access to contemporary uh music and composition. Um. So the piece that this is how I heard about her. I heard about her from the Buffalo uh, Philharmonic um program that that she was selected for. Mm-hmm. Um. But the piece that that they're gonna be playing is the Castle Upon Crystal Shores. Um. So. I'm going to link the page, like the announcement, and also it's gonna have it has like some background on the piece and like what inspired her to write it, um, and that kind of stuff. But 
That's my black excellence this week. Okay, Sakari, we see you, girl. Period. I'm on uh, Yellow Sonata. Well, probably not, because you said. Okay. It's bad luck, so never mind. No, it's the bad luck if you like your last piece. Oh. Oh, I thought you was like, this will be your last piece. Like, oh, no, I don't <laughs> think so. Because people, when people roast stuff, but the amount of yellow works that have not been finished is like kind of a, like scary. Like mm-hmm. Bartok, Glazunov. Is it Glazunov? No, Glinka and Shostakovich. And it's probably more. Mm-hmm. People just die and their students finish it. Except for Glinka, ain't nobody care to finish that one. It's just two movements. So it's kind of sad. Don't give Glinka enough. Don't get it. Got it? No, I'm just kidding. Nah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. People, that Ruslan Lumega, Lumilla, I don't know people, uh, I don't know people like that piece so much. Um, because I was going to say, you could probably be your little bitch do it. I'm not trying to play. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't trying to play. <laughs> so, so sorry. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What a mess. No, thank you. Well, <laughs> congratulations, Sakari. Right. Period. Well, y'all, thanks for listening to this episode. Oh, shoot. There's a piece of the week. (sighs) What is going on today? Oh, my soul. But to be fair, you did think you was doing black excellence. I did. But I edit this episode, so I don't do black excellence on it. You notice that? You don't do black excellence on the one you edit? I I don't even. I never even. You never notice? Now you know. Like, done that correlation. I just. Cause remember before we wasn't keeping track very well at the beginning. We weren't. <laughs> okay, my piece of the week in good faith. Cause I just remember it. It's Brahms too. Now, see, before you girls, After all that. Listen, because that one little veil part, I forgot about that, and also I really want to have a good year. So I can't believe I'm saying this. This is so stressful. Um, I don't have a favorite. See this. What? You see through this. <laughs> Um, I don't have a favorite recording because for what? However, um, yes, that viola moment is very beautiful. The opening of that symphony is so annoying for the violas. Like, wh- where do I change the bow? Because I know you don't think I'm gonna hold this for 24 beats. You know how it opens? Why not? Buddy. First of all, you oh, you setting this up? You open with an octave? For what? What you trying to prove? That's but- what reminded me what what I forgot about about track six. It definitely opens with a, a bass chord. It, it does. Just, it's, I was like, oh god, it <laughs> do. Oh my god, when we played track six at oh, undergrad, it's telling. the basses got dragged. It was and like, so we gonna start on a, a chord or? A- I remember, I remember playing it in high school, and our bass section was, to be honest, it was weak. Like, <laughs> and I'm just like, nah, how this first rehearsal finna go? Cause I know I don't play in tune, so. What what kind of chord is it? I don't know. I don't B minor, right? I don't remember. Do, 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 do. And it be changing. Oh gosh, people not gonna change on time. You know what? It might be great. Not and also, knowing my teacher, he gonna it'll be in ship shape. Yeah, you ain't, finna, you ain't even embarrassing. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's the trend. You yeah, see, usually you could you could tell when. Like when they find out what you're playing in the orchestra, and if it's something he like, right? So sectional on, <laughs> right? Before rehearsal, because <laughs> you're not gonna be dragging my my name through the mud. Because Loki in undergrad, you was so you was so petty. Whatever structure, section was struggling, it was like, what you be doing lessons? Struggling. Wait, <laughs> 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 what you think? No, I'm just oh kidding. my god. Oh, I miss Dr. Blog. Okay. Anyway, thank you for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, please, y'all, because, like, I play Grumps, too. 
I mean, I was gonna say I was gonna say Mollerton. I really was. But then okay, mine makes me pretend. <laughs> <laughs> um, Black Excellence suggestion or um, intermission suggestion. Send them to Classic Black Podcast what? at gmail.com and we will talk to you hopefully next week. All right, bye. Bye.